This episode of Manage Smarter is presented by Sales Fuel Coach, our adaptive sales coaching featuring five-minute quick coaching personalized to each sales rep. Learn more about Sales Fuel Coach at salesfuel.com. Welcome to the Manage Smarter Podcast with hosts C. Lee Smith and Audrey Strong. We're glad you're here for discussions on new ways to manage smarter, hire, develop, and retain talent, improve results, and propel team performance to new heights. This is the Manage Smarter Podcast. Welcome to the Manage Smarter Podcast, everyone. We're so glad that you came to join us for some excellent discussion today. I'm Audrey Strong. I'm the Vice President of Communication here at SalesFuel. And I'm C. Lee Smith. I'm the President and CEO of SalesFuel. Well, today's guests are Liz Devine Hewson, CPC, and Dr. Mark Lund, the co-founders and principal of Twin Lights Consulting, twinlightsconsulting.com, everyone. Their firm, this is a great topic. Uh, they help companies create authentic communication across the chasm, dividing the generations at work and provide a clear path to authentic communication, developing of trust, creating commitment, which leads to improved employee engagement for all ages. And who doesn't want that? So welcome to the show, Liz and Mark. Thanks for coming. Thanks Thank for you. having us. And, and to all of our listeners out there, we are not going to spend the next 20 minutes bitching about the millennials. <laughs> <laughs> no, no. That's a low-hanging fruit. Uh, no, you guys say this can be done through active listening, self-awareness, and vulnerability. And my first reaction to that was, wow, that's a tall order, particularly in larger businesses or managers that have like huge departments. So where do you start with all this? Well, I, I, I guess the first thing is, is that we need to recognize that, yes, we're going to have challenges getting people to communicate differently, to build their emotional intelligence, and to do things slightly differently. On the other hand, as of next year, about 50% of all employees will be millennials. As of 2025, a short five years after that, we're going to have 75% of the workforce represent as millennials. Wow. Uh, our day is coming. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Okay. So we need a way to be able to communicate and to do business and to grow business and to make the employees feel that they are heard, that they are seen, they are understood. And we need the businesses that employ them to be profitable. So how do we do that? Well, you know, if you look at all of the data that's out there, it becomes this morass. It's like trying to play chess with chess pieces on all four sides mm -hmm. and then adding two or three different levels to that in order to play. So we believe that we can construct through simple understanding of human psychology ways that we can bring a change. So what it's like one of those 3D chess boards that you see, the <laughs> piece of art, right? So uh, how do you do that? Yeah, how do you do that? What's the first thing? You say the first number one mistake everybody makes. It's pretty basic, everybody, is listen to what people are trying to tell you, right? It's so important, and it really is true what, uh, what Mark was saying. Most people are listening to respond. Mm -hmm. Not people to understand. Not, yeah. Yes. And when we really take a step back to realize that people need to listen to understand, and the minute you, you try and understand where somebody's coming from, whether they are from an older generation or a younger generation, it starts to break the communication uh, blocks and really helps people, as Mark said, to be, feel like they're seen, heard, and understood. So are there some ways that each of the generations uh, like to be heard differently? I know, and, I'm, and I ask that question with a little bit of intrepidation because I've always been one that's like, I don't like to categorize large groups of people together and overgeneralize and things like that. But do you notice some, some commonalities though 
uh, within the generations about how they like to be heard. Uh, yeah, I can speak for that. I would say, well, between, let me just start by saying that Mark and I, um, he and his wife have two Gen Zers. My husband and I have three. So we're very familiar with generation uh, Gen Z. And yes, there are the digital natives, which would be the millennials and the Gen Zs. And there are the digital immigrants, which are the baby boomers and Gen Xers. So of course, there's going to be a little bit of a difference in how we communicate because we, as the older generation, didn't grow up with all this technology. So we're learning it. We're becoming um, better at it, but it's not something that was natural for us. Whereas you, you go into a grocery store today, you could see a baby working on a, mm -hmm. a mom's yeah. iPhone at the age of two. You know? So it's very, very different. And so the first thing to understand is that everybody has something to bring to the table. So the way Mark and I believe the most important thing is to play to people's strengths and to really understand, okay, so you're a Gen Z, you're a millennial. What, do, what is it that you have to offer? to a baby boomer or a Gen Xer? Well, technology is a big part of it. So the older generations can then say, okay, well, we have the experience and we also communicate differently because we were brought up doing face-to-face -face conversations. We were brought up having telephone conversations. And now we need to blend the two together and really explain to each other what our different worlds are, were like and how we can, um, again, by understanding that, and looking at things from a different perspective, teaching each generation how to communicate more effectively. Well, that leads me into something I think that uh, is a topic that we talk a lot about around here, which is, um, you know, don't have complex conversations via text or Slack or Teams or whatever it is that you use, uh, using your thumbs or whatever, but actually go to someone's office, you know, go out with them or whatever and have a face-to-face -face conversation. What are, some of the, what are some of the benefits of doing that for those people, uh, for, for the Gen Zs and, and the millennials or whatever, that, that, that would much rather uh, do it over a computer screen? Sure. So between um, 70 and 80% of communication is nonverbal. Uh, the, the intonations, um, the body language that goes with that is, is so important. And being able to understand, actually, even as specialists in communication, sometimes Liz and I will misinterpret a, uh, a text or an mm -hmm. email. So you're right. There is so much communication bandwidth that is lost when we are not face-to-face, -face, when we're looking at a text or an email. So it is important to start to bring those conversations from the text and email into at least a telephone conversation and then into a conversation that's face-to-face. But it's not just the medium. Again, as Liz was saying, communication in a sense is full duplex. So it's what is not only put out, but is what is being received. And you asked before about, you know, how do we do this? And, and you know, um, we, we look at different groups. Well, well, the millennials like to do something one way. The Gen Zers another. You know, the old baby boomers like me, they need to do it a different way. Really what it comes down to is understanding that everyone wants to be seen, heard, and understood. Mm -hmm. And how do we do that? We listen, and then we communicate authentically. Because with authentic communication, you build trust. So really, what is that? Authentic communication is where you're starting to really speak to that individual directly. You're listening to them, and you're understanding that multiple realities can exist. What we're trying to do without getting into all of the rabbit holes of it is something that's explained very simply. And we, we've all potentially had a situation like this. If 
we're, we're in New Jersey right now. So if we were having uh, breakfast and we were sitting in a cafe and a couple next to us were from San Francisco. San Francisco is a beautiful place. I've been there. I love it. But we're not going to talk to them because we're in New Jersey. And, you know, we're not just going <laughs> to cross the border. It's, they're, they're different. It's them. They're from someplace else. However, if you take those same four people in the same scenario and put us in Moscow, all of a sudden we're the best friends. Mm-hmm. Oh, my God, you're from America. Mm-hmm. We're from America. It's I a hear great it. example. Yeah. Or, or they're wearing New York Giants jerseys instead of San Francisco Giants jerseys. Now all of a sudden you got something. Exactly. That's, that's right. So but we're relating as Americans, not as subcultures of America. Therefore, we're bonding. It's things that right? we have in common versus things that we have, we have that are different. Yeah. That's right. So we're moving from them versus us or others versus ourself. And we're moving toward us. We're moving toward self. There are so many things across the you know, eons that were done in the name of them. You can be really bad to people who might have been Jewish or a different color or a different ethnicity or a different sex because they are them. As soon as it's us, it becomes different. So the whole premise is we can try to divide this pie into all these individual slices and try to figure out how to play this incredible chess game but we can understand that we can bring people together and bring teams together that are cohesive, high-performing teams because it's no longer, oh, that's them, but this is all of us. So and- I have a question then to that point. One of the things that you talk about, uh, both of you, is developing the emotional intelligence for all ages. And I've said on this show before, like when I was a younger employee, I don't particularly think I was a very good employee because I did not have – um, emotional intelligence until, you know, last, I'd say 10 years. So for the younger ages that you're trying to bring along and get to engage in that very culture that you just described and to buy into it, how do you do that when they're, you know, younger and not, they don't have critical thinking or where at the level start? that a 40 year old does? Well, a lot of it comes from, as you said, yes, a lot of it does come from experience. But the one thing that, that, Mark and I have definitely seen is the younger generation wants to do, do well. They mm-hmm. want to be involved in a company, but what they really want is to have an experience. So as long as we're able to adapt a little bit and understand that, again, they want to be successful, they need to learn. So as the older generations or just a senior person on a team needs to show their vulnerability. They need to model vulnerability so that way a younger person will feel comfortable asking the questions they need to ask and having an open forum, which is really truly what people want. It's just, it has to start from the top down because we can't expect younger people to just get out of college or for a second job, you know, Zs or millennials to know exactly what to do. They have a lot to offer, but they don't have that experience. So they are counting on the people above them to show them how to do it. It really does start from the top down. Now there's something though, I believe that boomers and even Gen Xers do that doesn't necessarily work these days. When you talk about authentic communication, the fact that we like to have everything buttoned up, everything should be polished up or whatever. Every word should be spelled right. I mean, there should be equal spacing on, on everything. It needs to look good. We need to pick the right colors. It's like, you know, everything just needs to be absolutely perfect when we put it out there because that's our image, but that doesn't necessarily work these days, does it? You know, it, it, it really doesn't. And um, uh, again, a little bit of plasticity in the environment, the ability to 
to adapt and overcome is, uh, is, is very important. The, um, the ability to, again, be vulnerable. Some of this is actually because what we're doing is, is we want to be perfect, right? We want to have that ability to say, this is what we, um, this is what we are. And um, uh, to be able to, uh, to in a sense, um, put out that, that perfect uh, um, product. And again, being vulnerable, being able to walk up in front of your team, being able to say, look, there's a mistake, I own it. Or tell you what, I, I did this and, and I got it. Right? I had to pay for, for that, you're gonna have to pay for it, but I've done the same thing, it's not punitive, let's just go ahead. That vulnerability, that ability to connect on a human level is really important. And I think that what you just described, in a sense, puts up, again, a barrier to that mm -hmm. communication. There are times and places, if you, you want your copyright editor to make sure that, that the copyright's done perfectly. But the person who's handing that first level in or the second level in, they need that plasticity. Mm -hmm. We're, because the podcast is called Manage Smarter and our listeners, a lot of them are, are managers, I guess. I would love to hear an example for our, for our listeners of the way you talk about the things that bring us together. What's an example of, so somebody who's about to retire, so a boomer, and a Gen Z, somebody just coming in, what's an example of something that culturally would bring them together and highly engage them in the workplace? Sure. So, uh, you know, one of the things that, that we would do, again, uh, my background is I'm a physician. Right. And I worked in the intensive care unit where minutes and seconds were life and death. And people came in from all backgrounds, ages, et cetera. So what it is is really creating that opportunity to say, look, I respect you. And to start the foundation from there, the baby boomer has to look at the, at the money or the brand new wet behind the ears Gen Z and say, tell you what, I respect you. I respect what you're going to bring here but please respect me. And in a sense, the Gen Z needs to have that same approach. I've got a lot to offer, but I want to learn from you. So if you can, again, start, and it starts at the top by creating a culture of really wanting to listen and learn to people and to bring those people together, then you have an ability to create an incredibly high-performing team because people have come together and all of a sudden, my, my executive coach, when, uh, when um, I was working with him, he was a former Navy SEAL. And he'd say, look, before we do anything, you look at your teammate, it was a simple nod of the head. My life is in your hands, your life is in my hands. All right, we're gonna do this, I've got your back. And in a sense, that doesn't take place as much in the workplace. That ability to have cohesion and trust and that sort of vulnerability is really what allows you to create the highest performing teams. When you have a team like that, that's when the magic happens. And as we were saying before, too, if you're talking about, I you know you, your uh, podcast has a lot of managers listening, it really does have to start with them. They have to be willing to take that step to say, I'm going to be vulnerable. I'm going to model that for the people who are working on my team. And it's amazing what happens when people are willing to admit to a failure or admit to something that's not a strength. When you sit around a table with a group of people of all different ages, it's important to say, you know what? Hey, I'm your manager, and here are my strengths. Here are a few of my weaknesses. I may be somebody who's has a little bit of an issue with um, time management, or I have a little bit of an issue with prioritization, but you know what, young millennial, that was one of the things that you showed up and showed how that was a strength for you. I need you on this team because I need you to help me with that. 
And your weakness might be a little bit of whatever, you know, being new, being fresh, whatever the weakness is. Point is, is once people start to, again, it's back to vulnerability, but it works to be able to say, I'm not perfect. Well, I'm going to go in. I'm going to take a crack at answering Audrey's question then too, because if once you get beyond that and you've successfully achieved that, you can actually then get to the point of, oh, you like dogs. I like dogs too. I have schnauzers. What do you have? And then, then it's you know, dogs, cats, sports, theater, books, whatever the case may be, where you're actually then relating to each other as, as a human being, regardless of that, that age divide that's there. You guys have similar interests. Bingo. Exactly. Bingo. That's exactly, exactly it. And again, if, if people can open up their mind to it and, and not feel like we have to, I'm senior, so I have to be, you know, ego and all this. If, if you can just release that a little bit, it's amazing what you can get out of people. I feel like too, this, this way that you all go at this could also help managers manage some of the characteristics of at least the millennials in that they kind of view the employer employee arrangement as weighted on their side and they want to move up a lot faster. I've been here six months, give me a raise, promote me kind of thing. And that you can actually push back gently and have those conversations going your way, doing it your way. Then just saying, Whoa, Nilly, no, 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 no. Been here three or four months. You can actually have a friendly conversation relating to that doing it your way, right? 100%. And, and uh, that comes down to this concept of accepting multiple realities and uh, being able to, to listen and to have what I call integrative thinking, which is so important. And that's really the third leg of, of that tripod of authentic communication, active listening, and integrative thinking. So just because you're right doesn't mean that I'm necessarily wrong. Mm-hmm. And, you know, mm-hmm. if, if you're standing on both ends of a nine or a six, depends how you're looking at it. It's, you're both right. Um, if we're both standing um, at the shore having a conversation, the entire environment around us is identical. But if I'm looking due west and you're looking due east, and it's five o'clock in the morning, I'm seeing a very dark sky still to the west and you're seeing a brilliant sunrise. The perception of what is happening in that conversation is tainted a little bit or brightened a little bit based upon what's going on. There are multiple realities. And if we can understand that and step back from it in those positions, um, instead of conflict, what we can create is therefore a viewing point, no longer a point of view. And if you create a viewing point rather than a point of view, you have the ability to really step things forward. I love and also, that. I'd like to resist the urge to, to, to join teams. Like, okay, I'm on team sunrise while I'm on team darkness. You know, it's like, and, it's, it's like, and now we're going to battle with each other or something like that. We don't necessarily have to do that. You're 100% correct. And so tell, I was going to say, so tell us about Twin Lights Consulting and some of the programs that you guys have. Sure. So we, we, uh, we do everything from, um, uh, you know, brief presentations that are uh, an hour long to half day, all the way up to three day uh, workshops and retreats. Uh, and then we have full company engagements. Um, we work with uh, uh, companies that are, you know, middle market that have teams. Um, and uh, we also work in uh, family businesses. And the reason for family businesses is, again, this cross generation grandpa and dad started the business. And now we have a, uh, you know, a company that, um, uh, you know, grandson and uh, um, son are really there. Yeah, and that's hand it off, package yeah. with family businesses and succession yeah. with family businesses. It's a whole different animal, right? Yes, and a lot of times always- they really, sorry, a lot of times they really do need help getting through mm-hmm. it because 
the older generation has a different idea because they were the ones who had the blood, sweat, and tears to get it going. And they want, often they want things to stay the same. And the newer generation has all these different ideas. So it can cause a lot of conflict. And I see a lot of times that that handoff doesn't go so well. Like you'll see that uh, this company that's flourished for 50, 60 years or something like that, the, the, the kids take over or whatever, and, and then it, it goes south. You know, how do you stop that from happening? You know, uh, a couple things. Number one is, again, the leadership starts at the top. The family's owned it. So we're looking to create that harmony again and the communication, if not the harmony, that really allows the family to lead the business forward and understand uh, the, the second is, is making sure that the receiver of the information in that uh, what, what used to be called a, a crucial conversation has the ability to understand that people are not throwing arrows at him or her. Let's get the training. Maybe we need to bring in an interim CEO because that younger generation doesn't have the experience of operations to step up yet, but let's put a, a program together. So a lot of different things can come together to really help that family either make a decision to stay and grow in it to change with the future, or to help them to agree that an exit's needed. Or I'll just sum it up, Audrey. I, I know you want me to wrap on, on this one, but it's like the younger generations that are coming into the business need to understand that they don't know everything, and the older generations need to understand that they don't know nothing. <laughs> exactly. I love it. You guys must have some stories that would make our hair curl, just thinking about your breath and work and all your clients. We really hope everybody listening will reach out to Liz and Mark, and it's been a pleasure having you both on the show. Thank you so much. Yes, thank you. Yeah, thanks for coming. Yeah, and I'd just like to mention, you know, you can really help us here at Manage Smarter by sharing or recommending this podcast with a friend or a colleague or a peer, even better. Here comes the plug. Subscribe, rate, and review this. Give it five stars on Apple Podcasts, which helps boost our reach, the reach of the show. We appreciate it, and we'll see you the next time. Liz and Mark, it's been a pleasure. Thank you so much. Thank, Thank you. you. Thanks for listening. If you enjoyed the show, please rate and recommend on iTunes, Overcast, or wherever you get your podcasts. You can also get more great information at salesfuel.com. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.